Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One is the nothing personal word of the day. It is Friday, January 6th, 2023. One, as in W-O-N. Great news coming out of Cincinnati yesterday. We're talking about Hamlin, the Buffalo Bills player. There was a positive update. Doctors are not used to giving press conferences at all. And the doctors who are working on Hamlin, and there's so many people in the hospital, whether it's nurses, doctors, etc., and they gave an update and said a few things that were very interesting, starting with they view him as having potentially good neurological activity, which means his extremities are moving. They viewed him as having an opportunity here to potentially recover in the game of life. And what happened is when he can't, he's intubated, which means he can't speak right now, Hamlin can't, but guess what? He wrote down, hey, did we win? Did the Bills beat the Bengals? And the response was, you won the game of life. And that struck me because we talk about sports all the time. We talk about sports business. We bring you inside information, just explanations of things. But at the end of the day, it's sports. And business is business and sports is sports. But human life, as we all have realized, and sometimes we take things for granted, right? Oh, I don't feel well. I promise I'm not going to get too tired again, or I'm going to eat better. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to work out. And then you go back to your old habits, of course. But when things like this happen and you see someone almost die and you're watching it on live television, and then there's a chance, fingers crossed for a recovery, we feel as though there's maybe an opening for him to survive. Who knows whether he'll play football again, but again, no one cares about that. They're focused on the fact that he could actually live a life. And he did it thanks to the work. We talked about it a couple days ago. Just want to reiterate so you don't lose the memory. January 6th is a day that's important not to lose the memory, right? Two years ago was the insurrection, was storming of the Capitol. Try not to forget about things that have happened. Learning about the past helps you inform the future. Every decision you make should be informed by decisions you've made before. So the way you're reacting to what happened in Buffalo, the way players are reacting, the way the league is reacting, hopefully it will inform how they react going forward in other circumstances that are not exactly the same. 
It provides sort of a pathway. It's like teaching your, your body and your brain how to react to situations. And what we're all saying is, thank God we're impacted by this. We're so thankful to Denny Kellington, who, by the way, the assistant athletic trainer who it now, we found out, has administered, did administer CPR to the player. Amazing. You know, they're, they're trained. We're all trained to do things. You take courses. Sometimes it's your job to do things. But when you actually have to do that which you don't often do, that which you've just rehearsed, but you actually have to do it, you become a hero, which you should. Think about Captain Sully, right? In the simulator, you land a plane in water. You figure out what to do when your plane's going down, when you lose hydraulics, when you have no landing gear. But when it happens outside of a simulator, that's when heroes happen. Sometimes I'm hesitant to call heroes people who are just doing their job. But when your job involves life and death, that's pretty heroic. So all the first responders out there, many of you listen to Nothing Personal, and I've heard from so many of you in this past week since Monday, it is unbelievable what you do every day, and I'm thankful for it. And I'm, I've never had to take advantage of it or have you resuscitate me, but hey, we're live. You never know. It may happen right now given the level of anxiety and, and schwitzing that's happening, but I think that's just anxiety. I would just say that we all appreciate the work you do. But meanwhile, it's been four days, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, four nights since what we watched on Monday Night Football. And guess what? The show goes on. Week 18 is happening. It starts tomorrow. NFL has had to figure out what to do with the Bills-Bengals game, and there have been so much speculation. I've loved it. All of the figureheads out there, both in the media and on teams and fans out there. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to delay week 18. No. Oh, I have a perfect plan. Let's add an eighth playoff team. Are you kidding me? There is zero chance of that ever happening. But the NFL has to get its competition committee together. That's a group of people and owners and executives who are in charge of, it's the same as the baseball competition committee that I was a part of, we're in charge of making sure that there is competitive integrity. Making sure that we think through any rule changes, making sure that we think through any decisions that we're making that will impact one thing because that's all owners care about. All 32 owners in the NFL are focused on one thing as the NFL is thinking about what to do with the Bills and Bengals. They're focused on the Vince Lombardi trophy. Are you doing anything that will hurt my chances to win that trophy? It's that simple. They're not thinking about their own gate, and I'll explain why in a minute. No, forget that. I'm going to explain it right now. There's talk of a neutral site AFC championship game. And so the first thought is, well, what about the economics? Don't teams make money when they host a playoff game or any game? Let me break it down so you have it in a way that's not going to sound pleasant. Number one, a team that was going to host an AFC championship game, that was going to make money by hosting an AFC championship game, and that is profit, will still get that profit from the NFL. Guess who won't get the money? There will be no trickle-down economics. The person who comes in hourly 
in stadium operations, security, ushers, the hot dog roller and the hamburger flipper, the people who make money from ancillary parking, they lose money when there is a home game lost. Because when owners are made whole, they do not write checks to all the people who incrementally would have made money. Because owners being made whole, they're being made whole on the profit they get by hosting a game. But when you're being made whole on the profit, you're not getting the revenue, you're not paying the expenses, you're just getting the guaranteed difference. So for all the people who have companies who benefit on game days, think about if the uh, Chicago Cubs were hosting a World Series game and then they weren't. So Tom Ricketts loses money, he loses gate revenue, of course. But what about all the restaurants in Wrigleyville? Those restaurants which are empty when there's no game and full when there is a game, they are losing profit. In theory, they're making money when they're crowded. Nope, those restaurants are not getting paid. So when the NFL is getting together with its competition committee and they're figuring out, Roger Goodell, what do we do here? What do we do that's fair? Because we wanna make sure that every team who is gonna have an opportunity to win the trophy has that same equal opportunity. The thing is, there's no way to guarantee it. There's no way to come up with a solution which will make all playoff teams happy. The Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals, there are advantages and disadvantages to the fact that that game is not going to be played. The disadvantage is to the winner of that game. The advantage is to the loser of that game. They're not projecting based on the gambling spread, the line, based on the score of 7-3 at the time of the injury. The NFL was not projecting in any way what would have happened to that game. The players got paid for it. The stats don't count. It ends up being a canceled game as though it never happened. So the NFL releases this long statement yesterday, starting with, let's just say, we are so thankful and happy with the encouraging news coming out of Cincinnati. You got to make sure you say that. Very critical. I'm not sure when the statute of limitations for saying that for anybody who's interviewed in any right post game of week 18, pre game interviews of week 18, the pre game in game entertainment where they are going through the national anthem and the moment of reflection. Look for it in week 18 as we told you it was going to happen. It's going to be very standard throughout the games. You're going to hear players and coaches all making sure they say the same thing, which is hey, let's just make sure that we're not losing focus and that we are paying attention to what happened in Cincinnati. But the NFL and the competition committee, they were moved on. And so they came out with all these different scenarios. If the Bills win, the Chiefs lose, they play each other in the AFC Championship game, and there's a coin flip between the Ravens and the Bengals, if the Ravens win and the Bengals lose because they're playing each other, then the AFC Championship could be played at a neutral site. If I am... Patrick Mahomes or the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm looking at that and my eyes are rolling. I was a part of the decision-making process, of course, as the Chiefs were, but you're looking and saying, wow, there's an opportunity here where we could have hosted. Maybe we could have been on the road. Maybe it's easier that we're not going to Buffalo. Maybe we're not going to Cincinnati. That'll be way better if we don't have to. 
Is that an advantage to us? Is there a disadvantage to Buffalo for not hosting? Is there, you know, you're seeing the scenarios right now. This is how unbelievable it is. All the neutral site scenarios, if you're listening to this, once we're not live, then you're not seeing it. But what we have here is a picture of all the different iterations of who wins what game and then what happens in the top three seeds. And then the one I want you to focus on is location of AFC championship because that's really what I care more about versus who's going to win the division versus who is the gets the worst draft pick and all the other problems that happen later. Let's focus on the neutral site of there are four scenarios out of eight where the Buffalo, Kansas City AFC championship is played at a neutral site. So do we think that Buffalo is paying the price for the fact that the game didn't happen? Do you think that anybody cares that they're paying the price? The answer to that is no. The NFL and Roger Goodell have done a phenomenal job of dealing with this situation. All of the different scenarios make perfect sense. Don't worry about the dollars and cents. Don't worry about the competitive disadvantage. Remember the Dodgers won the World Series in a neutral site in 2020 in Texas during COVID. It still is a championship. The Lakers won a championship at a neutral site in the COVID bubble, still a championship. In addition, there's talk about what happens now. Is it necessary for the Bills or the NFL to do something for Hamlin. There was somebody who did a six minute, I can't remember who it was, Coca, it was on like a, a show in Cleveland, I think. Uh, there, was a, there was a very emotional, sort of visceral anger toward the NFL, toward the fact that we're paying attention right now because of what happened on the field, but are we gonna ignore the danger that players are in, et cetera? And so people are asking the question, well, what are the Bills going to do going forward? Or what's the NFL going to do going forward? I want to be clear, there will be no change in the economic uh, situation for any injured player. There will not be a rule change regarding early vesting to the pension. People are saying that he's only 24 years old. If he doesn't play again, he won't have a pension. Those rules aren't going to change. Those are billions of dollars in play when you change the pension. It's enough to make your eyes water when you negotiate the pension part and any human resources issues as part of a collective bargaining agreement. But when you are on management side, those are some of the most important issues that are negotiated. Way more important than minimum salary, way more important than who gets what percentage of playoff shares, et cetera. What happens with players' pensions when they vest? How much gets put into player pensions? Those are major points of negotiation. And owners don't like giving in on that because it's a bottomless pit of money that you're offering to your workforce. So the rules aren't going to change. But that doesn't take away what an owner can do in a unique circumstance. There are many times during my career where we took care of a player, took care of someone in a family, took care of a writer's family who died prematurely of cancer. Teams can do things for players or families, but it is not mandated, it is not required. The owner of the Buffalo Bills is also the owner of the Buffalo Sabres. And uh, 
I think what he's going to do if Hamlin can't play football again, he could employ him, make him a part of the Buffalo Bills front office, offer him $100,000 a year, $80,000 a year in perpetuity. You want to learn how to coach. You want to learn how to scout. All of those things are possible. I think it'd be the right thing to do. If he had children, you could, owners do this often. We've done it too as a team president. Pay for the education of his kids, but he doesn't have kids. You could actually offer to pay for the education of his unborn kids. You can't really make a trust for that. There's a rule against perpetuities. But anyway, let's not even talk about that. Don't at me if you're a lawyer, if I don't have exactly right the rule against perpetuities. It is the most ridiculous thing. No one gets it. I learned it to pass the bar in New York and I immediately forgot it. But I think it's close. You can't have something that lasts forever or that has no set start point or end point. Anyway, Google it. The point is the owner could make sure that he's doing something. But guess what? When Terry, the owner of the Bills, Pagula, is it Pegula? Pagula? I'm going to get the name wrong. Sorry, Terry. Sorry, Coca. I don't have it. I don't have it. So it is Pagula. Pagula. Thank you, Coca. We're live. <laughs> when Terry Pagula sells the team, because one day he will sell the team, Part of that, and it'll be before Hamlin is retired in theory in 40 years or 50 years, guess what? It won't be part of the sales deal. It won't be part of the purchase agreement that he'll have to keep his job. It'll be up to the new owner to decide whether or not they wanna do it, whether or not they wanna continue the benefits. Pagula could give him money upon the sale of a team. There is no end of a list of things that they could do to help Hamlin, but are they obligated? No. Is the NFL going to do something? They're going to meet with Pagula and say, hey, are you giving him a job? If not, the league office could give him a job for a couple of years. Those things could happen. So as we head into week 18, and before I move on to what's going on in college basketball, I want to mention that uh, there's a lot of talk about mental health, and we talk about it on this show all the time. There's a lot of talk the players are doing about are they ready to play? They understand the show goes on. The 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 mother of Hamlin called up Higgins, the the player on Cincinnati, who who actually was where the hit happened, right? And he's feeling very anxious and upset that he could have been a part of someone's loss of life. When these games are played this weekend. Teams, including Buffalo, are making sure their sports psychologists are around even more. They're making sure that resources are available to players even more. They've got to make sure their players are ready to play. But make no mistake, and this is not me being cynical, this is real. What's going on right now in team meetings across the league, including Buffalo, including Cincinnati, is coaches on behalf of presidents, GMs, and owners, making sure their players are completely focused on the fact that they've got to win a game. So you think that the Packers have heavy hearts, they want to win to make the playoffs. You think the Seahawks and Pete Carroll have heavy hearts, Trevor Lawrence, the Jaguars, no matter how religious a player is, you would be shocked at how quickly people have the ability to move on. We're not going to forget. You're not going to forget. The players for that moment on the field, they've forgotten. All right. First of the year, Coca. Let's go. You know what I want? 
I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. We're back. This is the first live show where we're doing a So You Want to Talk to Samson. That is when you ask a question and uh, get to me on Twitter, David P. Samson, or Instagram, or anywhere you can find me, because if you can find me, I'm around. And ask me a question. If it's relevant and interests me, we'll put it in the show. And So You Want to Talk to Samson is based on a movie called Half-Baked. That's with Dave Chappelle. It's, it's a stoner movie, and there's a character named Samson. If you've never watched it, get yourself like 68% baked and watch it, and you'll come up with a lot of questions. David, hello. No, you didn't say hello, but I still chose your question. David, what will happen in the Chris Beard situation? Will he get paid? Will he go to jail? Well, thanks for asking. Chris Beard is the former coach at the University of Texas, college basketball coach, came over from Texas Tech in 2021. Everyone was super excited. He had them off to a great start here in 2022. They were in the tournament last year, yada, yada, yada. About a month ago, little under a month, the police had to come to his house because domestic violence, biting, choking, whatever he was doing to his fiance. His fiance has backed off in statements she wasn't biting me, wasn't choking me yet. My life was never in danger. University of Texas suspended him without pay immediately. It shouldn't take, you know, side note, Coca. Everything that's going on with Dana White, with Greg Berhalter back from 31 years ago, with Chris Beard. Is it ever going to stop? Or are we just resigned to the fact that domestic violence is something that happens like robbery and fraud and murder and all the other things? I guess, I guess it's sad to say, but we've got to come to grips with the fact that men are gonna hit women. Why? I asked that question so many times on Nothing Personal. What exactly are you accomplishing? What was Dana White accomplishing by slapping his wife other than losing his show on TBS, which was a power slap leak? One more side note, Coco, before we get to Chris Beard answering this question. Dana White came up with this thing that somehow was okayed by the Nevada Commission where you slap people across the face. It's like a sport now. You slap people three times or until you're knocked out. Like an arm wrestling. I can deal with an arm wrestling. That's cool right? We can talk about UFC and MMA and the craziness and the violence of boxing and football. We talk about the violence of sport. I'm in. There's trophies at the end. There's championships. There's sometimes even belts. Slapping? The irony of Dana White doing a slapping sport TV show when he was on video slapping his wife with an open hand is not lost on me or TBS. See you later. I don't think anyone's ever gonna pick up that show, nor should they. That league doesn't need to be around. Can't we find, how about reading a damn book? Would that be so difficult? Oh, tune in 8 p.m. as we slap people. You know, if you have a fetish and you go in a controlled atmosphere and you wanna do your, like your fetishes, like Paul Giamatti on Billions, and you wanna, you know, whatever, have fun. Be safe, be smart. I just don't wanna watch it. So Chris Beard is a victim of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. 
I am not victim shaming his wife, nor am I telling you that Chris Beard does not deserve to be fired. The victim is that Texas and its athletic director took one month and they came up with a statement yesterday that the University of Texas has parted ways with Chris Beard. This has been a difficult situation that we've been diligently working through. And today I inform Mr. Beard of our decision to terminate him effective immediately. The only thing that took them a month was making sure their lawyers had given them approval to fire him for cause. Because Texas fired Chris Beard for cause because they don't want to pay him his guaranteed contract, which runs through, let's say, 2026. Though, of course, I could be thinking of Patrick Ewing. Coke, I can't remember when his contract runs out. But whatever it is, it is millions of dollars. What else were they diligently working through? You think that they convened an investigation? You think that they met with the local district attorney's office and said, what do you got? Give me all your evidence. We're going to make a decision on whether we're going to fire our coach. What changed from day one to day 25? Legal protection and the fact that there was an opportunity to fire him for cause. Reminder, when you fire an employee who's under contract, you can fire anybody you want. Just pay him the rest of their contract. That's firing someone without cause. Hey, you stink. Our team stinks. We don't like you. See you later. No problem. Pay me my money or my Oreos. But firing a person for cause, that means that whatever that person is owed, you're saying, nope, not going to do it. Does this remind you of something? John Gruden fired for cause therefore not being paid out by Mark Davis, therefore there's a lawsuit. When you fire someone for cause, it leads to a negotiation. The negotiation is how much are we going to pay you of your deal? What will you settle for given that we don't wanna pay you 100 cents on the dollar? Chris Beard is a financial victim of bad lawyers. I don't care that the Texas endowment is $42 billion. I don't care that they're awash with money and they could have paid Chris Beard and not said a word about it. They need to come off as saying, hey, we're serious about domestic violence, as they should be, but do you manifest that seriousness through not paying a contract? Or do you manifest that seriousness through education, through workshops, through making people understand how to deal with anger management? Chris Beard signed a contract which said that if I am charged with a felony, I can be terminated for cause. Most people negotiate and say, I'll allow that provision, but it won't be if I'm charged with a felony, it will be if I'm convicted of a felony. Do you see the difference? You think Chris Beard is pretty unhappy with his lawyers? Why would you agree to a provision which says if you're charged, you could all be charged tomorrow. There is absolutely unlawful prosecution that happens every day. But guess what? From the University of Texas standpoint, whether the actual charge happens, whether a jury trial happens, whether a conviction happens, irrelevant for cause, because all it is is charged and he was charged. It doesn't mean the charges aren't dropped. It doesn't mean the charges make it all the way through. None of that. 
the provision in the contract, which says termination for cause upon being charged for a felony, you are giving so much power to your employer. Don't allow it. How many of you right now are reading through your contracts and saying, oh, Christ, I'm screwed. Well, one thing you can do is not ever be charged with a felony, but guess what? Do you know that you can be charged with a felony for speeding, felony speeding? You'd be charged with a felony for myriad things that have nothing to do with the horrificness and inexcusable behavior of domestic violence. So right now, Chris Beard and University of Texas officials are involved in a negotiation. Here's my answer to your question. He's going to get paid. Number two, he's not going to jail. In these situations, when the victim, who is the wife in this case, doesn't want to testify, doesn't want to be involved in the case, then what do you have for a jury? You got nothing, you have no evidence, which means you have no conviction, which means you have a district attorney who doesn't want to have an acquittal on his or her or their resume because it hurts their stats, so the charges get dropped. So that's the answer. All right, we're gonna go to break. When we come back, we're gonna review Jeff Bridges in a show called Old Man. And if you like Jim Harbaugh, I got a few words for you right after the break. I've never lost a wingman. You're lucky. Fly long enough, it'll happen. It's been an honor flying with you. Top Gun Maverick, the PG-13, now streaming on Paramount+. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Academy Award nominations are coming out soon. I think January 24th. Top Gun Maverick. Watch for it. They need ratings. They need ratings. I think Tom Cruise is going to skydive into the Oscars or ride a motorcycle down the aisle or he'll do something to present some sort of best picture, something. Just get ready for that. That would be quite cool. He's something else, right? Old Man, season one. I watched that over the break and uh, I couldn't stop. It was seven episodes, seven hours straight through. I get that way sometimes. And I guess that's what's called a binge. But when something is that good, it's like when you're reading a book and you can't put it down and you're so excited to wake up and open the book again. This is what happens when you're binging a show where you just can't stop. Old Man is about a former CIA person who's now an old man. But is Jeff Bridges the old man? Is Joel Gray the old man? Is John Lithgow the old man? There's a lot of old white men, 
but trust me, you are going to love this. Amy Brenneman plays a character similar to what she plays in Heat back from 1995, gets herself involved in a situation where she didn't mean to, she just had feelings for a guy. But instead of Robert De Niro, it's Jeff Bridges. The script is beautifully written because it goes back and forth from the present to the past. And the past is when Jeff Bridges and John Lithgow were working together in the CIA. The present is when John Lithgow is after Jeff Bridges trying to figure out how to catch him because he's been under the radar for decades. It is suspenseful, it is well-written, and my suggestion to you is that um, you watch it right now because there's gonna be a season two, and when you watch Old Man season one, you are gonna be addicted. Jeff Bridges, as you know, is an actor in my favorite movie, Fearless, from 1993, directed by Peter Weir. I'll watch anything with Jeff Bridges, ever. So you could do a triple header this weekend. You could go Fearless, The Fisher King, you could go right into Arlington Road, and then you could finish with Old Man. Wow, that'd be quite a weekend. Jim Harbaugh. How many wait to seize are we gonna have with Jim Harbaugh? I think we had a bunch that we lost. Jim Harbaugh is the coach of the University of Michigan football team. Jim Harbaugh is the brother of John Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh was an NFL coach before he went to Michigan. Remember when the Harbaugh brothers faced each other in the Super Bowl? It was the Niners, Ravens, I don't remember what year. I'm gonna say 2010, just, wait, Coca would definitely know the year as a Ravens fan, but 2010, is it somewhere close to that? Whatever the case may be, every year when you are a college coach, there is a question, will you go back to the NFL? Because winning a college football championship, that's great. Nick Saban, greatest of all time, I guess, way to go. Find me someone who wins multiple Super Bowls, I'll take them any day as a greater coach. Not a hot take, not a crazy take. I think winning a Super Bowl is way, way cooler and bigger and more legacy building than winning a CFP. That said, Michigan makes it to the semis, rumors abound. Could he go work in Denver? Could he go work in Carolina? Those two teams need coaches. They need high profile coaches. And Jim Harbaugh is gonna be their first choice. So Jim Harbaugh reads about this and says to himself, I better make a comment. And so he releases a statement, which is awesome. Ready? I'm aware of the rumors and speculation over the past few days. Okay, when you do a statement, don't tell us why you're doing the statement because we know why you're doing the statement. Don't waste time. Get right into what you're trying to say. College and NFL teams have great interest in all our personnel from players to coaches to staff. We don't care. Are you going to the NFL or are you committed to Michigan? We still don't know. We're in the first paragraph. As I stated in December, while no one knows what the future holds, I expect here it goes. Hold on to your hats, folks. I expect that I will be enthusiastically coaching Michigan in 2023. Have you ever seen the adjective enthusiastically next to coaching? Are there any coaches of a team who should be coaching a team who don't do it enthusiastically? Man, I'm so pissed that I'm coaching this team. I'm grumpy. I don't want to be here. I'm gonna show my athletic director, I'm gonna show my president and GM, I'm gonna walk around with a chip on my shoulder. Durr, I'm not enthusiastic. Or I'm gonna talk way softer during the game. Right now, let's go pass play fourth and three. 
No, I'm not going to be less enthusiastic. I think we should do a pass play on fourth and three. I'm going to be very monotone. I'm not going to be all that enthusiastic. He then went on to say he's spoken to the president and the athletic director of Michigan, blah, blah, blah. He ends it with, our legendary coach, Bo Schembechler, said, quote, those who stay will be champions. What are you talking about? David Tepper is one of the richest owners in the National Football League. Hey, Jim, it's Dave. Now, we don't necessarily have a practice facility because I'm involved in litigation because we're fighting with the public because they didn't give us enough money. We're not doing that great. We're not sure who the quarterback's going to be. But I've got a question. For $20 million a year, can you come here and take over this program? Would you be so kind as to be our head coach? Hi, I'm Sam Walton. I'm not going to give you a free Walmart card, but don't worry. Your family will have a shopping spree in every Walmart in the country every day for the rest of your lives. Whatever you want. I mean, not guns or anything, but whatever you want. I paid $4.5 billion for the team. I'm going to give you $22 million per year, and you're going to be my head coach. We're going to give you full authority over all personnel. And do you have any idea that weed is free in Denver? Meanwhile, Jim Harbaugh is telling you that, hey, I'm staying. And guess what I'm telling you? He's not. I'm going to give you a wait to see is when I tell you something's going to happen. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. Either way, we'll revisit it. Jim Harbaugh's going to the NFL. When you've got two competing owners, you've got, keep in mind what the dynamic is here. You've got David Tepper. You've got Rob Walton. These are owners with a B. These are owners who have billions of dollars invested. They need winning badly. Now, Jim Harbaugh can't come cure the Russell Wilson issue. There was a great article. There's been a bunch of great articles about what the Broncos can do with Russell Wilson. Suffice to say, the way the collective bargaining agreement is, the way the salary cap is in the NFL, the Broncos are screwed. Moral of the story, don't sign extensions to players when you don't have to. Wait to see Jim Harbaugh leaves for the NFL. Nothing personal pick of the day. God, the Mavericks got their asses kicked. I had the Mavericks plus two versus the Celtics. I need to have plus 40. We're 0-2. It stinks to lose, right? It's such a long year. We finished last year doing so well. But when you... <coughs> I just had a live attack. I'm so upset. I couldn't get to the mute button fast enough. I hate starting a season losing. Remember I told you when you lose opening day, it's the worst feeling in the world because you feel like you're going to lose 162. But when you win opening day, you feel like you're going to win 162. It's the same when you're making bets. You want to start off in the black. We are in the red. But I got three picks for you. It's a hell of an NFL weekend. But we're starting with the NBA. I'm not giving up on the NBA, even though it's possible. The Heat are continuing their West Coast road trip. They, the Suns are getting a point and a half at home against the Heat. The Suns are getting a point and a half. I, I guess maybe Chris Paul's not playing or maybe Aiton, Booker, maybe none of them are playing. And maybe Butler's not playing or is playing. You never know in this crazy load management, ridiculous NBA. But Suns plus one and a half. That's Friday. But let's get to Saturday and Sunday, more importantly. These NFL games, they're playing for division titles. They're playing for playoff spots. There is acute attention, as I told you earlier in the show. Saturday night, you've got 
Doug Peterson and his Jacksonville Jaguars, the laughing stock of the NFL. Remember we talk about the ups and downs of a franchise? You Sometimes you've got a winning window, then a losing window, and understanding how long your window is going to last and not getting frustrated and staying with the program. The Jaguars have had losing window that was open for so long that people forgot the fact that there could be winning. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence had a tough start. People forget that most rookie quarterbacks don't play. They clipboard. Trevor Lawrence is now becoming one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. The Jaguars have finally been able under Doug Peterson to build a team that wins games. The Jaguars have a chance to win their division against the Titans. I'm not a big Titans team. Titans fan. Jaguars minus six. That is my pick for Saturday night. They're going to win their division. Talk about taking receipts. If you are a Jaguars fan, it's going to be time to cash them in. Sunday, we've got a night game. People are upset about the advantage of flexible scheduling. Major League Baseball, we complained to the commissioner uh, about the last day of the regular season enough, and we got enough presidents and executives and owners to change baseball. A couple of years ago, this happened where every regular season game final was played at the same exact time. Why did we do that? We did it because if one team needed to win, if another team won, but didn't need to win, if that other team lost, if that team loses and you haven't started playing, then you can rest your starter, you can rest your players and be more ready and have your rotation more lined up for a playoff series. And that is a competitive disadvantage. Do you remember what we talked about? The competition committees, what their job is? It's to give everyone the same chance of winning the Lombardi Trophy or winning the World Series Trophy? The Selig Trophy? Well, the NFL doesn't do that. The NFL gets so much money from broadcasters that they allow for flexible scheduling with reckless disregard toward competitive integrity. The Green Bay Packers have a tremendous advantage by playing the Sunday night game because keep in mind, they're playing the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions, if they beat the Packers, would make the playoffs, broken kneecaps and all, if the Seattle Seahawks lose. If the Seattle Seahawks, who play earlier in the day, win, it doesn't matter what the Detroit Lions do, they're out of the playoffs. If the Detroit Lions are not competing for a playoff spot Sunday night, why would they treat it like anything other than a Pro Bowl, like a flag football game? Basically, opening the door for the Packers to crush them, therefore eliminating the Seahawks. Well, none of this seems fair. But when you have an opportunity to flex a Sunday night game, you're flexing Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, without a doubt. What is happening in reality is the Detroit Lions, no matter what happens to the Seahawks, they're going to try to beat the Packers. Because if they beat the Packers, no matter what happens with the Seahawks, the Packers are out. We would meet after being eliminated. Many years, the Marlins were eliminated from the playoffs every year, but one actually. We would let our players know before a series what was at stake for the other team. Do you think that we didn't know, for all you Mets fans out there, 
back in 07, 08, 09 maybe were the years at the end of the year that we didn't know that we had a chance to stop the Mets from making the playoffs? Of course we did. We would get the players all interested because they like having something to play for so they're not bored out of their mind. We played all our starters. We started our best pitchers, our best players, because we wanted our division foe to suffer. Do you think the Detroit Lions want to do the same thing? Of course they do. They want the Packers to suffer. The difference is, if you are a player in baseball and you are asked to pitch a game, even if you're a pending free agent, you're going to pitch because you want to show prospective teams, hey, I'm ready to take the ball. I can take it every five days. I'm healthy. I'm proving health. Football is so dangerous and there's such a risk of injury and contracts are not guaranteed. Why would anybody want to play in a game where there's nothing at stake? Why would you have that drive to actually eliminate your divisional foe when you are risking your own pocketbook, your own future? I don't quite get that. That is one of the problems the NFL has. As much as you don't want the Packers to win, are you willing to give up something so that they don't? In baseball, what do players give up? They go out and they hit five times, hit a home run, great, you go for five, whatever. The pitcher goes out, if he gives up four runs in three innings, you take him out, go to the bullpen, because bullpen arms are always pitching for their next contract, with very few exceptions. It's easy to have competitive integrity in baseball, but not in football. The advantage the Packers have here is so significant by having their game flexed. And why is it that that happens? It's because of the money that comes in from these broadcast deals. It's such a huge negotiating point. Do you remember all the times that you would complain? Oh my God, what a crappy matchup. This is a joke. The Sunday night game, the Monday night game, the Thursday night game, it's crappy. How angry is Al Michaels that these games on Amazon stink? You think Amazon really cares? They're just starting. But for these long-standing network deals, their ability to flex was critical to their increase in the rights fee because they don't want stinkers late in the season. They want the opposite. They want perfection. So when they do, and this is simple what the broadcast do is they take a look at the markets, they take a look at the star quality of the players, they take a look at what could be at stake. Because remember, if the Seahawks lose earlier in the day to the Rams, which is unlikely because the Rams may be the worst defending Super Bowl reigning Super Bowl champion ever. But if the Seahawks lose, that means Detroit Green Bay is a playoff game. So there's an opportunity for NBC to host an extra playoff game at the regular season rate. That's the stuff that dreams are made of. So why does it all happen? It's just business. Sorry, everybody, but green boy. Ah, ready? Four, eight, 69. Here we go, Coco, ready? Why? It's just business. Sorry, everybody, but green bay. This is nothing personal. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.